Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody. Thank you for being here. It is again wet and nasty outside, but we are dry and warm here in the Lord's house this morning. <coughs> you would go ahead and be turning to, to the book of, of uh, uh, 2 Timothy if you have a, a copy of God's Word with you. That's where we'll be at this morning, the book of 2 Timothy. You have a, if you find that, go ahead and stand with me. The reading of God's Word, 2 Timothy chapter 1, is where we'll be at. Just a couple of verses we're going to look at here this morning is where we're going to start from. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 is where we'll start. As Paul's writing to Timothy here in verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 1, he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned, or in other words, uh, what, he is, what he is saying here, uh, Sorry, my mind went as blank as it can be. He's saying, The unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we ask you to be with us here this morning. We ask that you would just be with us in this service, dear Heavenly Father, Lord. If there's someone here that doesn't know you, there's something to be said or done to bring them closer to you. God, I ask that you would just speak through me, God, that you would walk through these through these uh, pews with us, God. There's someone here that, that needs you, God, that this message would touch them as it has touched me, God, as you've given it to me. God, I ask all these things in your precious, precious name. Amen. Maybe seated. As Paul is writing this, this epistle here to Timothy, Paul is in a, a Roman prison. It's somewhere around the, the time of AD 66 or 67, right in that time frame somewhere. Paul knew that his execution was somewhat imminent and it was, uh, it was nearing, and he knew that he had to pass the torch, if you will, uh, that the, another generation needed to come about to carry on the spreading of God's word, that it was his time had come, so to speak, and that Timothy was going to be what, lot, what some have called Paul's preacher boy, and that Timothy was going to carry on this, uh, this preaching and spreading of God's word, that, that Paul was going, to, was going to give him this, this, uh, this uh, 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 duty. And what he is saying here, or in some of Paul's last writings that we really have, have any uh, record of, is in the, the epistles of Timothy that, that, that Paul has written. But what I really want us to notice here is that undoubtedly Paul knew of Timothy's uh, uh, lineage here. He speaks of his grandmother and his mother as well. But what I want us to see is something that he says in verse 6 about stirring up, about stirring up. Paul says, stirring up the gift of God. Uh, there is something that, that if you are a child of God, that God has given you to stir up in you as we go along. There's something that a, that a bottle of alcohol cannot give you. There's something that you cannot go out and take a pill of to, to stir up in you. There's nothing in the world that you can buy, that you can sell, that's going to stir up. There's nothing that you can get that, that the old-fashioned stirring up of the Holy Spirit can give you. Right. Just like the Holy Spirit can give you. You cannot purchase, buy, sell, or trade what the Holy Spirit of God can give you. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. There's nothing like the Spirit of God stirring up in you. Now, what a lot of people make a, make a distinction of, they'll say, Brother Jason, I just can't do that. You couldn't raise their hand when they come along and a strap when they get to church. Amen? But, but, uh, you get them to a ball game, and they'll jump up and down and point at the referee, and they'll scream, holler, and shout, but you get them to a church, and they wouldn't get up on their feet and clap to save their lives. Now, it's not about can they be stirred up, it's what do they get stirred up about. That is the, that is the question. Now, something I want to show you this morning, and I brought it with me here. Now, I don't want you to think that I brought the, all the pills we've got in the house with me because I haven't. Uh, you would be afraid to know all the, all the medicine I have to take every morning and every night. But what I brought here with me is something to show you. And it won't take but just a moment. Because I want to show you something here, just a little demonstration. If we take uh, two cups here and we pour just a little bit of water in them here, and if this, these two cups, if they, if these cups now, now are just alike, would you agree to that? Yes. If these two cups represent represent us as a as a as a uh, Christian in our Christian faith, we're just alike. Amen. These would be just alike. Now, if I if I stir this one cup right here, there appears to be no difference. Would you agree? There's no difference in that. But I stood here and stirred that cup. Would you agree? But it still looks like the same cup of water, right? But now in Matthew chapter 5, the Lord tells us to be what? The salt of what? The earth. The earth. In Ephesians chapter 1, he tells us that we are saved by what? The blood. The blood of Christ. So, if I take the other church member right here, I pour in a little salt that is red. Now, if I take that cup and I stir it up, there's been quite a change. Now, if I stir this in, what's happened? There's been a stirring up. There's been a change. There's been something different happened. Why? Because the Lord's present. The Lord's present in this one. You see what I'm getting at here? If you have the right ingredients, and remember, something changes. Now we can all sit around and look like this one over here, and nothing ever happens, but when we put the blood in, and become the salt, it all changes. And if we're going to be what God has called us to be, then we get stirred up every once in a while. We should. We should get stirred up every once in a while. Now, I'm going to tell you what, I get stirred up from now, from time to time. I get stirred up. I get stirred up. Just ask my wife. I get a little excited. Nothing should stir our souls more than to know that we couldn't go to hell if we tried. 
Amen? We couldn't do it if we wanted to. If you're a child of God and you've been saved by the blood of Christ and you are salt of the earth, you couldn't go to hell if you tried. At one time in my life, I was, I was southbound and down until Jesus Christ reached down and pulled me out and set my feet on a solid rock. Now, I will give you, I was a young man. I was a young boy. But I can tell you, it happened at Shady Grove Baptist Church. Now, I can't tell you the exact day, the exact time. People say, oh, my goodness, well, you must not be saved. But I'm going to tell you what, a day and a time never saved a soul. A relationship with Jesus Christ saved souls. Okay? People say, well, I know exactly when I was saved. I know what time of day it was. I know what day it was. Well, good for you. I'm glad you do. But I'm going to tell you what. A time of day and a day in your life was not what saved you. A relationship with the Lord above is what saved your soul. That's what did it. Now, it is nothing wrong with knowing exactly what day and what time it happened. Nothing in the world wrong with that. But if you don't have the relationship, then you've got problems. You've got problems. You have got problems. It is all about getting under the spout where the glory runs out. All right? That's what's going to make the difference in our lives. That's what's going to get us stirred up, and people are going to see the difference. People are going to see the difference. We'll stop looking like a clear glass, and we'll start looking like the one that they can see Jesus in. They'll start looking like the one that they can see Jesus in. Salvation. That's the one, the first thing I want, I want us to note of that they ought to see in our lives is salvation. They ought to see it. Jesus living inside of us. It is it is. One of those things that we should see, or that they should see, mercy and grace should see, they should see in us that Jesus provided for us. We should, we should be a light walking around Jesus Christ shining through us. People say, oh my goodness, preachers preach too much on salvation. Well, let me ask you, what else is there? What else should we put our hope in? What else should we put our should we put our our, our our life's our life's work in? But salvation. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what. The depths of our message should be no deeper than salvation is. Jesus Christ said he came to, to save. And if we get any deeper than what Jesus came, you went further than what Jesus intended for you to be, for your message to be. That is it. That is it. All this deep theology is great, all this deep these deep teachings are great, but if you get deeper than what Jesus intended for you to be, then you went further than what Jesus intended for us to be. Salvation. Salvation. That is the first thing I want us to remember. Salvation. The next is the Bible stirs me up. Salvation stirs me up and, and the Bible stirs me up. This book right here stirs me up. This is the, this is the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God. God spoke it. I believe it. That settles it. I'm sure you've heard that time and time again. It is never and will never be wrong. Ever. Ever. It has never been wrong. It stirs me up to know that I have a place to come to get the answers of life. It stirs me up to know that when I have questions, the answers are in, in my very hand. All I have to do is turn to God and say, God, I need you. And his answers, his word is in my hand. I want you to listen to me for just a moment. You can write these down if you'd like. Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says, His word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Burning fire shut up in my bones. Psalms 119.89 Thy word is settled where? In heaven. In heaven it was settled. 
It was not decided here on earth. It was not decided by man. The apostles did not decide it. The, 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 the men of God have, have not decided Jesus, our Lord himself, decided and sent it through man for us to have to read, for us to have to study. That is it. We cannot change it. It is unchanged through centuries and centuries. It has not been changed. The Bible stirs me up. Psalms 119, 105 says, The word is a lamp unto my feet. If you need guidance, if you need, if you need direction, here is the only place you need to turn. Right there. Right there. Your soul's direction. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is quick and powerful. Quick here means alive. There's never been a more alive book in your life than you'll find in the word of God. Quick and powerful. 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 There have never been more powerful words that's ever been, ever been printed than what you'll find in the word of God. James 1.22 says be doers of the word and not just hearers. We can sit around all our days and hear what God wants us to do, but if we do not get out and put it into practice, hearing it is good for nothing. Absolutely good for nothing. To do it, to do it, is to put what God's will is for our life into practice for the world to see that we will obey. Obedience. Obedience. Obedience is for us to do. For us to do. Psalms 39.3 My heart was hot within me, hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned, then spake I with my tongue. When we have the word of God that brings us to a point that we are willing to tell others about what God has done for us, what God has done for us. The word of God is, a, is sharper than any what? Two-edged sword. Than any two-edged sword. It has, it has decided and declared more problems in life than we have ever thought about, ever thought about. It will discern your thoughts. It will determine your intents of your heart if you will just turn to it. I'm glad to know that deep within you and I, the Word of God will burn if we will just turn to it. The Word of God will encourage. It will encourage. It will give us place to, to see if we will just listen to what it has to say. Been many times I felt like quitting. Many times I felt like I was knocked down. The Word of God has picked me up and carried me on. It's not about religion. It's not about church membership. It's about a relationship, and a relationship with, with God is through His Word. If you listen to what, what I found has been, been said, though the cover is worn and the pages are torn and places bear traces of tears, more precious than gold is the book worn and old that can scatter and shatter my fears. This old book is a guide is a friend by my side. It will lighten and brighten my way. And with each token I find it soothes my, and gladdens my, my mind as I read it and heed it each day. The Word of God. The Word of God. People have died and given their lives so you and I can still hold the Word of God in our hands. Oh, we take it for granted so many times, so many times, but it stirs my soul. The third thing I want you and I to think about right now is seeing sinners saved. Have you ever had a burden on your heart for someone that you wanted to see saved? That you wanted to see saved? How many of us have ever had that burden? In you and I, God places a burden for seeing and seeking the lost. 
If you don't believe me, then I invite you to turn to 1 Peter 2.9. You can turn there. You can write it down and look it up uh, in, in, your, in your own time. We are not intended to sit soaking sour on a church pew every day of our life. It is not in our faith to be doing that. You and I are a member of, of a royal priesthood if you are a child of God. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. His marvelous light. What are you getting at, Brother Jason? A chosen generation once was exclusively and only the right of Israel, but through Jesus Christ it is now our opportunity as well. Our opportunity to be a chosen generation through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the blood. The blood-soaked tears of Jesus Christ. The cross gives us that opportunity to be a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. That should stir your soul right there to be a royal priesthood. To be of that royal priesthood. We are joint heirs. Joint heirs to the riches in heaven. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you are now a joint heir to the riches in heaven. You are of the royal priesthood. In that you are given, you are, you are given You are, you, are, you are given a, a opportunity, not just an opportunity, but are shown a way through Jesus Christ to go out and share the gospel. It's not kept within just a preacher, just a teacher. So many times it's, it's thought, well, the preacher's going to do that. The one, the one who stands before us is, is going to do that. Once we walk out those doors, every child of God has a royal priesthood. It is in their own bloodline now to share Jesus Christ. That burden that is on your heart is on your heart for a reason. Because God is going to hold us responsible for sharing the gospel one day. We have that responsibility to share Jesus Christ. It should stir even harder to know we deal with someone that is headed to hell and we never tell them about Jesus. It should stir our souls that we never share it, that we never tell them. The one thing that we can do is stand in that gap and say, let me tell you about somebody that can do something for you. He did it for me. He did it for me. You want to get stirred up? Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. The one, the last and final thing that I want to share with you this morning. Turn your Bibles back to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You're all familiar with this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. 
The Bible says, the Bible tells us, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together, and with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I tell you, it stirs me to know this is, that this isn't it. That this world is not my home. I'm just passing through, as the, as the old hymn says. It stirs me to know that the Lord's coming back. It stirs me to know that there's a day coming that he's going to come back himself to get us. It stirs me to know that there's going to be loved ones that I'm going to see. There's going to be no sickness. There's going to be no pain. It stirs me to know that there's going to be people there that I long to see. It stirs me to know that there's a place for me that the Lord has built with his own hands. In order to stir our souls to know that it's going to happen. To meet the one that's paid our debt. To praise him. And there we shall be forever and ever and ever and ever. You ever thought about how long eternity is? It's a long, long time. It stirs me to know where I'm going to go. Brother Jeremy, we'll have a verse of invitation. You want to know what can stir your soul? Get one on one with Jesus. Think about what Jesus can do, where Jesus can take you. What stirs your soul today? What will bring you to a place that stirs your soul? To where we don't look like everybody else. To where when we get stirred, they see Jesus. For when we get stirred, people say, yeah, they know Jesus. Nothing wrong with getting a little stirred. Brother, go easy.